back. Bang. Episode what? Five. Episode five. Let's go. Show them the wrist, dude. Huh? We got five on the wrist. Oh, my God, guys. Your mic's taking a poop. I did not come in prepared today. <laughs> Janessa's sick, everybody. I'm actually feeling a little bit better. I'm just super nasally. and. Janessa's feeling great, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just can't, can't shake the um, sinus runny nose stuff. Yeah. But it's okay. Oh my God! Guess what, guys? What? Dan cut my hair. Yeah, I did, dude. I honestly, whenever I cut Janessa's hair, I feel like uh, I have like a flashback where I'm in New York City, I'm in Manhattan, I'm working in a salon, yeah, and I'm just cutting hair. You know, <laughs> it's great. That's fun. Thank you for trusting me with it. It was fun. Hey, thanks for doing it. It was a little nerve nerve wracking yesterday. I think because I was so tired. I went mm. on a long fishing trip early in the morning. And then when I got home, I went. I was trying to take a nap. And you're like, can we cut my hair? And I said... But you did great. Yes. When I have this haircut, I feel like the ultimate like, um, boss bitch. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I have this haircut, I'm taking care of business. I'm getting in the swing of taking care of business. That's it. I feel like you could plan or put together a mean charcuterie board with this haircut yeah yeah you like, know i'm all about the charcuterie boards. like and uh like a good spritzer you know you can make Ew. a good spritzer and you walk out and have a great garden party mm. and yes just, welcome be, to my garden party yeah i think it would be nice it looks beautiful thanks congrats on being super good looking <laughs> <laughs> good job good job who are we we're here now with, yeah we're here I'm now Jan. podcast and i'm dan yeah and this is the podcast that you guys pulled up too yeah episode five um it's been a long week it has been been a long week you've been sick um for a while i've been sick my whole life bro (laughs) you know how's the energy what what are you what are you coming to the pod with what kind of energy are you coming with fumes yeah yeah i'm on fumes i'm not fumes but i probably got an eighth of a tank left okay for today before i reset for for the new week you know mm. um early fishing trip yesterday up at 4 30 out of the house at 4 45 holy cow i didn't know that yeah picked up two people before 5 15 and then drove um and did some fishing all day deep wading in the water and then we went on um like some trips are not as exhausting because like you'll just get in the water and kind of be in one spot and just fish that spot. But we weren't um, we weren't having great luck. So I actually got in the truck, drove back into the town we were in, went over like a highway bridge and drove to the other side of the river and then voyaged down the bank, which was not easy carrying everything. And then like I was like one foot in the water one foot on the rocks like just like trying to get to a different fishing spot um so it kicked my ass but it was a good day i think um if i don't catch fish which i didn't yesterday but i went on some form of like voyage and put great effort into it it's a dumb yeah it's a dumb wow my buddy devin as you know he's he's on the hottest streak hottest fishing streak he shows up and catches a fish in the first I'd say about 12 minutes every trip now. What's his What's his uh, secret? Like, what does he use that just attracts them? I personally believe it is his preparation, his organization, and his intentions. Because we fish the same way. We fish with almost the same lures. I'm 9 to 10 feet to his right. We're casting at the same angle. We're feeling the river the same. So I don't think it's a, a gear. I think it's fishermen. 
I think okay. he's so organized the night before, like his 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 tackle box is just so every or his like gear boxes are so organized. He gets in the water, he's so focused, and he's a lot more patient than I am. Mm. He'll 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 get into a spot <laughs> and fish that spot for a long time. You know, I have like I'm like. I need to change lures. You know what I mean? I'm like in and out of the water. I'm mm-hmm. in and out of spots. I get restless. I'm trying to find them, you know? Um, we're just, but yeah, he's just the hottest fisher in America right now. <laughs> he is. Yeah, he is. Oh my God. Did you hear? You did hear. What? But they probably didn't hear. Did you guys hear about that Talk fisherman that cheated? Oh yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. yeah. At a walleye fishing tournament. He was, he's won him and his partner. I think it's a partner tournament, but they've won a few tournaments in a row and people had kind of had suspicions and they got caught red handed. They cut open the fish. They were putting lead weights. Big and, weights, like the yeah. size of a little egg, like a quail egg. Yeah. A couple ounce weights, um, which is fucked up, dude, because like all you're doing is stealing money from good people kind of ruining the game yeah but listen they got got is what it is cheaters gonna cheat cheaters gonna cheat um how about we do colors talk to me what's your guys color oh my god and i want to bring up another thing Mm. (laughs) because i was watching this youtube video of this person i've been following for a long time and she was like what era are you guys in because her husband is like in a mechanic era Mm -hmm. i think you're in your wilderness era i'm outdoorsman right and i'm in my boss witch era Mm -hmm. you know she's getting she's handling business (laughs) you started a small business small business small business owner you know we're just gearing up for this next year Mm -hmm. and my color mm. Mm. (laughs) my color is emo emo yeah give me a color would that be black Black is dark bluish, just very emo. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Tell me I'm more emo. about that. Well, I'm menstruating right now. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just feeling cunty. Like I just oh. feel, like I have I kinda have like very, I'm very irritable yeah. and I have a very short fuse and like the things that I mean to say, I'm just fucking saying them. Like, I love when you let it rip. You just shoot from the hip. But I'm really mean when I do that. No, no, no. I'm saying right now. Oh, like really? when you're just like fuck it, because yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's how I hit. feel. Like yeah, you got to. I don't like. I don't know. It's just like ugh, that time of the month. Mm. So I'm just like not filtering what I have to say. And then I went to therapy on uh, last Friday a couple days ago, and I just whew, let it all out. Mm. You know. Um, and so that was good. So now I'm just <laughs> dealing with the repercussions of that. Cause after therapy, I have like a two day period of like feeling raw emotion mm. and it's like very, um, introspective a little bit, mm. very analyzing. It's gotta be cleansing though. You oh know? my God. Yeah. I feel like when you go to therapy, mm-hmm. you pull off a bandaid mm-hmm. and then you have to let that spot heal yeah. in those next couple of days. And, and no those are my next two days. Feel that. Yeah. yeah. And Which I feel beautiful. that and I'm in it. Yeah. And then after I'm in it and being a cunt, I, baby, stop. What? You're not actually the C word, dude. But I, I love that. Oh, okay. Let it rip. I love to be that sometimes. Right. Like, I don't know. I feel like humans are just Use allowed the, to do that. Yeah. To be like that. It's a tough word. I don't think I've ever really? heard. Really? Yeah. I love that word. Is it a bad word? Yes. Really? So well, it's like I mean, bitch? It's, it's, no, it's beyond. What? Beyond bitch. The, the, the C word is a tough word. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, in different, like, so like Australians are like, hey, what fucking doing, cunt? You know uh-huh. what I mean? Fucking uh-huh. old cunt, you uh-huh. know? But um, I was going to get lost in that accent <laughs> for a second. Uh, but 
so yeah, typically it can be, it can be, it's a tough word, really? but I guess it's how you, what power you give to a word. You know what I mean? So yeah. if it's not a big deal to you, then it's fucking not. let it rip. Yeah. I thought it was like a little bit below bitch. No, it's, it's again, wherever you and think it's kind it of is. regional, right? Like yeah. where you come from and how like the people around you use it. Yeah. Like, so I would hear the word, the growing up. And not a nice way. Yeah. And so it like hurt my butthole puckers up. There's a, there's a, um, there's slang going around. There's what? There's slang going around. Vampires? Slang. Oh, slang? I yeah. think that's slang. New slang. And it's oh. called She's Serving Cunt. She's Serving Cunt. Yeah. <laughs> I have a good, I have a good, there. I have a good idea for that. It should be someone, um, like behind an ice cream thing with yeah. a spoon in their hand. You know what I mean? With a great outfit on, you know? And they say, what are you serving? serving Yeah, that's what I'm serving right now, guys. But there's nothing wrong with that. You can let it rip. Yeah, I'm letting it rip. The thing is, you, um, you, your whole thing happens. Your period (laughs) happens. Yeah. Dude, something about, I don't know if you guys watch Game of Thrones, but something about, like, the thought of uh, women, women, like, menstruating and giving birth and all that, like, Makes your stomach turn. Makes me want to pass out. I feel like I can feel it in my <laughs> uterus. There's so much <laughs> childbearing and birth giving in Game of Thrones. Like, what is that about? Why is there That's so just, much? Like, well, I feel like this this series is a lot more like. It's because what this series is is a prelude to what we saw, which mm-hmm. is certain houses living in an era, and how do those houses get born? People fuck, and you have babies. We're talking about yeah. The, but I love it. You know, I don't. The, the birth scenes. Oh my god, dude! You guys, Game of Thrones is where it's at. I can't it's believe people right. don't watch that it's show. It's all right this season. I'm not a. I'm You're not, not into I'm it. I'm not entirely sold on it. Um, but it's okay. But we were just talking about something. Um, Serving cunt. No, but after that. Oh. I can't remember. I don't know. What's your color? Um, bruised. <laughs> because I'm no. serving cunt no. and you're and um, you're eating it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, bro, you're not wrong, but I didn't golly. mean it. I didn't mean it like that, guys. Mm. I didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guess I don't have a choice in that one. Well, oh, that was good. Um, my color. Mm. <laughs> I'm a good uh I feel like khaki. You know what I mean? Nice. Like the color of my Birkenstock, that kind of khaki. I love that color. Like it's like a, a dirty khaki. Fall vibes. Yeah. I'm excited for I'm excited uh for the sun to go away for a little bit. <laughs> I am. I'm excited. Dude, it's October second and it's like above sixty five degrees. Well, yeah, we, we uh Jeff and I, who when we were fishing, we were talking about that. Like summer got kicked off, like an hour. I mean, an hour, a uh, month and a half late. Mm-hmm. And so I think Mother Earth's just like, hey, here yeah. you go. Yeah. But so yeah, feeling a little khaki. I'm just mm-hmm. kind of fucking. Blah, 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 blah. I'm exhausted. I've been, I've been um, ripping. You know, fishing nonstop. I get up super early now, and I think it's like. Um, probably like a month. And also, your workload is very huge right now. The workload's fucking me up, but I don't even want to go there. Um, but yeah, I just think the adjustment period. You know, like I think I used to sleep until eight something in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, 
and get up. And now like I've been getting up like three hours earlier than that. I don't go to bed super early yet, you know? So I just think like that adjustment period of like tiredness is, is there. So I just got to keep my big boy pants on. Don't be a little bitch and just keep, keep going through mm-hmm. it, which I did. I mean, I got up at four 30 yesterday. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, a little khaki color. We got, um, the screens, everyone. I meant to talk about that when we first got here because we mm-hmm. talked about merch a thousand times. Uh, we ran into some some. We were, we're uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not a noob, novice. We're novices. We'd never really done like in-house screen printing before, and we went for like a four, like multicolored. A very complicated thing to do when you're just in starting hindsight, out. Yeah, like yeah, it, like going into it, we're like, oh, okay, it's four screens, four colors, yeah. but. I guess the details of it and like the logistics of like getting the screen set properly and everything, it was just, it was a lot. And we figured, you know, we just to dumb it down for lack of a better term, even though they're still going to be dope. Um, but so we got, we're going to cut it down to two colors uh, per garment and see where that takes us. Yeah. So, so in screen printing, mm-hmm. like every, so if you're looking at a picture and it has five different colors, that's on the picture, right? Mm-hmm. Each screen is for a color, an outline, the text, all that stuff. So in order to make it easier on us since we're so new to it and so that it still looks good for you guys and is still worth worth it for you guys, Mm -hmm. we made it two colors, which is two screens, and they just overlap on top of each other. And we're hoping that that improves the quality of the design. because we still really love the design. The design's sick. Yeah. yeah. But I'm also at a point where, like, I hope that this works so mm-hmm. badly so we can bring it into the physical world and that I can then move that out of my brain right. and start with right. another one. Because I right. already have a rough... Remember the one I made, the simple, cute mm-hmm. one the other day? Like, that would be a fun thing to start working on. Mm-hmm. So I think Janessa has been super uh, inspiring lately because, I mean, typically... And correct me if I'm wrong, but I usually have like a creative mm-hmm. zing always in the back of my head. And like mm-hmm. I'm looking around because like there's a couple half done yeah. paintings or like I'm like coming up with some idea for something. But lately I just put, I just like I haven't been. I've just been enjoying the outdoors a lot. Fishing. I was mm-hmm. golfing. Um, we're just I just been outside a lot. And um, but then you channeled the fucking the juice thank you for recognizing of course yeah you started making some bracelets um like out of just pure joy Mm -hmm. you were like i need a hobby that is creative that is also instantly gratifying yeah yeah. which i think is to know what you're looking for and like be like yeah it's okay i want instant gratification with what i'm creating and like you like it it looks beautiful you feel good yeah and then on top of it now other people like it and like you have orders to do every week yeah you know what i mean so that gets me fired up to be like okay Get back in it, match her energy, and let's go. Like exactly, because we're juicing it up. You know? We are juicing it up. Yeah, we really are. Um, I want to give myself a lot of props. So far, I haven't squeaked my chair or touched the mic. I've just been fiddling with a pen nonstop to not touch the mic. It's so hard. <laughs> You're like itching. Uh, um, so what, were what we are we talking ta- about today? Um, we're gonna talk about a little shame and guilt, dude. Yeah, guys. Shame and guilt, and yeah, not guys. just like our own, but I think as a whole you know and not to go sound whatever um a collective a collective consciousness is like a very real thing and like how we see ourselves and how we see the world it all works together mm-hmm. to portray like what the world yeah, is becoming society and so i want to talk about shame and guilt mm-hmm. 
in our own individual ways. And I think the larger effect that it has, um, on, on things, I don't even like have great thoughts on it or answers, but mm-hmm. I just think it'd be uh, a just a conversation and, and cool for people. Because to we talk all about. experience shame and guilt and Dude. it all stems from different things. Yeah. And I also wanted to talk about mm-hmm. something really interesting that I heard on a different podcast, but I'm going to bring it up here because mm-hmm. I thought it was just so intriguing mm-hmm. is that like, we all experience these emotions and you know, we, that's it. Mm-hmm. And then do we all experience different experiences oh yeah no like every single individual person has different experiences because when we have like personality tests or like anxiety tests depression tests Mm -hmm. everyone gets boiled down into like less than 10 categories of a human being Mm -hmm. so how different and complex are we as individuals if Mm -hmm. we're all kind of very similar well so we're talking about am i i think the experience is completely different. The way you feel anxiety is how, is completely different than how I feel anxiety. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because we all live in different realities. Like so, it is simple. It sounds super confusing, mm-hmm. and but I, I have two opinions on this. Okay, let me okay. let me finish this one. I think that because we all perceive our we all create our own realities. Therefore, everything you experience is different. Right? You touch that right there. Mm-hmm. Touch it. I touch the same exact spot. I feel it completely different. You know what I mean? Than you do. Our fingers touch everything completely different. Our eyes perceive everything different. The the passageways in our brains take those thoughts in different directions and they cause different feelings. You know what I mean? The energy of, of things that we feel gets stored in you differently than it does for me. You eat the same meal I do. It does something different to your body. But so you and I could be on the exact same routine, Right. And like, so say we're like drinking too much coffee, say we're eating poorly, uh, we're making impulsive financial decisions, right? We're both going to get at the end result would be probably fucking super anxious and riddled with anxiety, right? But we're feeling it in two very different ways. Mm -hmm. The experience is not the same. So like, yes, a lot of the diagnosis, there's a, there's a small amount of diagnosis but imagine if there was a hundred thousand diagnoses. Mm-hmm. Like imagine what that process. Do you think that if we start to broaden the spectrum of diagnosis, that more people are gonna get helped or misdiagnosed? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is kind of the way I look at that. So I think it's simple and there's a small window of diagnosis diagnosis because it's a better system of like getting people help you know Mm -hmm. and sure they might be like umbrella terms you know like generalized anxiety you know um but some people have like trauma-induced anxiety and Mm -hmm. so what that tells you if someone has trauma-induced anxiety typically that means you need to work on that first piece you need to work that trauma out you need to go speak with someone you need to do some form of healing and potentially resolve some of that anxiety if you have generalized anxiety you're just an, an an anxious person, you know, and you now have that diagnosis, you now have that information, you have to study that, learn what that means to you, and then create a life and routines to kind of fight against that, you know? Mm-hmm. So does that answer? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I also think on the other side of that, and I'm not trying to 
but like, so I started working with, working with kids, mental health, um, like behavioral issues. And like, it was funny. I started thinking about like diagnosis are just so lazily thrown at people. I do, I do feel that. That's so why I said I have two thoughts of it, right? Because I do think that they're just chucked around now. They're so nonchalantly thrown around. Like you can just, a doctor, like a kid, a kid's parents, right? So like, for example, um, a kid's parents are fighting like nonstop, you know, they're screaming, they're this and they're that. And then this kid goes to school and he won't listen to the teacher and he's like fighting with other students he's grabbing things that aren't his and so the teacher has a meeting with the parents the parents take the child to go get a psychiatric evaluation and he has like uh uh obedience something disorder adhd um they don't typically give they don't give bipolar diagnosis until someone i think is 18 but they can throw all these diagnoses at it but then it's like okay well why don't we back up and maybe assess what's going on at this kid's home life. Like maybe if the the parents could work on some of their stuff and they stop fighting as much or so publicly fighting in front of this child all of the time, you know, maybe his energy will calm down. You know what I mean? Like we are essentially, uh, I mean, when we're in adolescence, we are a product of our environment. Mm. Like a lot of everything is. Mm. And so before we just like, parents are fighting, kid gets in trouble at school for like a couple times in a month to an evaluation and then gets four terms chucked at him boxed into those four terms treat him like he has those four different diagnoses and don't treat him any other way Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like that's not the end all Mm -hmm. be all solution isn't to bring a child or bring a human and get them a diagnosis and then leave them under that diagnosis that is be getting a diagnosis is the very beginning Mm -hmm of answers and solution, you know, and recovery, if you will, in my opinion. But yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, but, I felt like you needed to like get that out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, that's well, very good information. Yeah. That's just, it is, you know, because like uh, someone knows someone, you know, or like, uh, someone in their town or is like, Oh, that fucking kid it got diagnosed with X. And now like, it's Oh, all really? Exactly. You look and it's like, Oh, this person is just, they're fucking out of their mind or something mm-hmm. like that. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, but. And then that comes <laughs> like, into like them being ostracized, mm-hmm. which goes into like our topic a little bit. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the guilt and shame thing. The, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was fun. Thank you. I get fired up. <laughs> I don't even know that that's in there. You know, yeah. I just start to talk and it fucking diarrhea of the mouth. Is that up there? It says less Lexapro, please. Mm-hmm. Um, guilt and shame. What, when you hear these two words, what do you think about for mm-hmm. for Janessa? I think my first, actually, my first thing that the first thing that comes to my mind when I hear these words is sexuality. Really? Yeah, sexuality, sexual pleasure, pleasuring yourself, pleasuring others. That first, like, m- like first couple moments in adolescence when like you're not sure about like what to do or what your body is telling you to do, and then when you get into adulthood. And you discover yourself again and then a little bit of shame and guilt is intertwined into that mm. when like you feel like you're you get to an age when you're in like your 20s. Well, I feel like I get when I got into my late 20s, I felt that I was supposed to understand my body a hundred percent. But I grew shameful 
um, and a little bit of guilt because I felt like I owed more to myself. You know, I don't know if I'm making sense without saying like everything that I mean right now. You know, let's let's get okay. into it if you want. So mm-hmm. say that one more time. You felt what? You felt shameful to yourself mm-hmm. because of what? I felt guilty. Guilty. Like I owe. I felt like I owed guilt to myself mm-hmm. because I didn't fully understand pleasure mm. and self pleasure. You know. So then you felt guilty for not knowing that. Right. Right. Like, like not knowing that in the past or right. not knowing that up till this moment. Yeah. Like, where, why it. the fuck didn't I know this? And then yeah. you feel guilty. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, because at the, I felt guilty because I was giving pleasure to men and others, you know, mm-hmm. but I wasn't able to give that to myself. Mm. You know, I was kind of like a vessel for other people to learn about themselves oh, instead wow, of, right. Dude. Instead of, um, knowing how to pleasure my own self alone, you know? And that comes with a little bit of shame because I feel like as women, we're supposed to like know our body and I don't know. There's a, I feel like there's a question about that. One second. Yeah. I've like, there's a lot of pressure in like when you watch porn and when you learn about like the birds and the bees that like, you're automatically supposed to know your body. Mm. But as I like, just like, um, discovered and went on like this journey of self-pleasure mm-hmm. i was like oh my god like i want more women to know about this stuff because mm-hmm. in a lot of conversations that i would have with other women it was like oh my like you do this you mm-hmm. do that how do you experience xyz you mm-hmm. know and how do you get there mm-hmm. but yeah what were you gonna say i want to touch on that too remember okay. there's a time where like you would come home from work and be like these girls are like asking me all these yeah. questions like and about it's so masturbation exciting. And, yes. like, and, and you're it's like so yes exciting. you know yes. because you I know loved it what that feeling of not knowing is right. being introduced. And, and that's a very and exciting thing. And experiencing that. And I yeah. still like love and I still really love to help women. Like I don't physically touch that, like do mm-hmm. that. But yeah. I think just having conversations surrounding it and kind of taking off that, um, it's kind of like, I, no, taking off the shame aspect of yeah. it because a lot of women don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of like rely on men to handle that for us or like feel like we can't go down there and explore and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I remember it's your own body. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I love talking about that with other women and like, yeah, I do this and that. And, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I don't Dude, know. I, I, I'm not, to, I don't actually want to go there. I don't okay. want to make it about me, but I have a question. Okay. <clears throat> do you think that, it's because there's such a, well, I mean, uh, you think about sex ed throughout mm-hmm. school, right? Mm-hmm. They're just talking, like, uh, in my mind, in sex ed, all we learned about was, like, a condom. And STDs. STDs, HIV, pregnancy, mm-hmm. um, and that that's it. And kind of like the anatomy of A man has, and has two genitalia. balls, the sperm is there. It's, they get hair and they're something of pubis, yeah. you know what I mean? And this is the region that's okay. Women have a vagina with a uterus, And this thing ovaries. called the clitoris. Yeah. yeah. I don't even, <laughs> in my mind, I don't remember even hearing the word clitoris I until my friend's it. older brother told me yeah. when I was like, I think I had probably already been having sex. Like, mm-hmm. no bullshit. Like, And I would watch porn, okay? Uh, We're going to get graphic here, but I would watch porn and I would watch like either a man give oral pleasure to a woman and be so curious as to why it was like kind of 
higher up on the vagina mm. and not like the actual i don't know the terminology but like you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. they're on the hood yeah. <laughs> yeah and like i'd be like what the hell is going on there and then a friend's older brother was like yeah that's where a woman's like clitoris is mm. and like you can you know and mm. start that conversation mm. um but so back to uh, my question is do you think that it's because of the lack of information and like the lack of, Hey, this is okay to be curious about, mm. you know, of, of course, a hundred percent. And it wasn't until I think I was in my early twenties, maybe late teens when me and my mom started to really talk about pleasure mm-hmm. and sex in a very unfiltered way, mm-hmm. because prior to that I'm underage and I don't, and I think as a parent, you want to protect your first daughter mm. from the dangers of sex and everything that mm-hmm. could be surrounded by it when you're that young, you know? So it could be difficult as, as a parent, I imagine to talk about sex in a way that's enticing and mm. kind of wants, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Make like, like oh my god, all this good stuff, like yeah. I could, you know. So I, I don't like discredit my mom at all, but it was really cool to get to an age where me and my mom had very good conversations, and that's when mm-hmm. I really started to learn about like, <laughs> like orgasms and mm-hmm. squirting and like all this other stuff that comes with self-pleasure mm-hmm. um so yeah i think being educated on it is very important if you don't explore it yourself mm-hmm. um and know what you're doing like seek the education yeah but yeah. then it's like at what <laughs> like what point in your life is it is it like necessary to start learning about that stuff and i think mm-hmm. that's where the shame comes in because you're like even if you're young you're like shameful that you are having these pleasurable experiences and do we feel do we feel owed the pleasure do we feel like deserving of this pleasure that our bodies is giving are are giving us you Mm -hmm. know um and are other people experiencing this pleasure because it could be very isolating to think that like my body is doing this thing and nobody else's is because nobody else is talking about it you Mm know yeah holy shit yeah yeah. I love the, um, the, you said like you're so accustomed to being a vessel to other people's mm-hmm. pleasure that then all of a sudden you flip and you give yourself yeah. it and it's like, because as I don't know, as I was a young woman, yeah. I thought pleasure was just, um, like thrusting and a, a, an item going inside of a vagina. That's yeah. what I thought it was for the longest. I didn't know about clitoral simulation. I didn't know about pressure. I didn't know about like vibrations mm. and all that stuff. So when I am having sex with somebody or I'm pleasuring somebody else and I'm not experiencing any stimulation or pleasure from that, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, okay, then. Pleasure's I'm good at it. Yeah, you know? like pleasure's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Like Yay, I see that you're enjoying it. Like yeah. you are making sounds and stuff's happening for you. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what pleasure means for me. Like, oh yeah. my God, this is so fun. Like, you know? You start to, which is, oh my God. I don't want to get too into our own private life, but like, <laughs> um, you start to think mm-hmm. pleasure when really pleasure is a feeling. Yes. It's a yes. sensation yes. more than it is a mental, right. like, riddle or yeah, me- or yeah. just like a thought you know yeah. what i mean uh, yeah <laughs> no, i don't think I, I, okay sure yeah. well so i'm i'm a visual yes and thinky yes and i also feel it in my body but right. i'm more so like midday uh sex or mm-hmm. like 
Um, <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> I like midday sex and I like lights on for yes. the most part because I like to see you. Like, yes. There's so many parts of you yes. as a woman that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like visually, mm-hmm. like <clears throat> as like sometimes you're like, let's go full dark mm-hmm. because yes. you're really good at like being feeling. intuitive yes. and, and being yeah. inside of my body when mm-hmm. I could see something in front of me it kind of takes me out of the experience because i'm so concentrated on what is happening around me how Mm -hmm. my body looks how the other person's body looks if they're doing okay like if they're experiencing pleasure but when it's dark (laughs) it's like i go inwards and Mm kind of like go outer space Mm -hmm. you know into like this realm of just like floating in existence and being surrounded in my partner's sexual energy mm-hmm. you know and i'm kind of more in tune like i don't know it's kind of like when you meditate mm-hmm. and you close your eyes and you try to like silence the things around you to be mm-hmm. really inwards and then you start to experience and listen to the things like that are happening inside of you. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you yeah. and that i've noticed that that's how like that. yeah. i get to climax or orgasm even mm-hmm. Even when I watch porn or I'm watching something that is stimulating me sexually, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if this is too much information, but I'm sure it'll help somebody. But once I like I feel myself getting too aroused, I will close my eyes and kind of shut off the video mm. and like go into my own you thing. You use it as a precursor. Yeah, kind yeah, of. Yeah. <laughs> kind I of do that sometimes. Play. Yeah, I like listen. I've done the same thing where like. I think like physically mm. I want to do an mm. activity, but mentally I'm not really there. So sometimes like I'll kickstart it, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? A hundred percent. And that's and then, valid. Exactly. And I think one thing has been interesting um, is like, I would say my relationship to porn, um, our relationship mm-hmm. to my relationship to porn. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Um, I think has gotten pretty open, mm-hmm. you know? Very. And... <clears throat> I forget. I had a buddy, Seth, and we were talking about porn. We were mm-hmm. talking about sex. We were talking about all of it, you know? He's a great human being. And he was talking about, like, not using porn mm-hmm. and, like, what a different experience mm-hmm. it is. Because a lot of the time when you're here and mm-hmm. you're so used to watching porn mm-hmm. and pleasuring yourself, mm-hmm. you feel like you need this mm-hmm. in order to do this, right. which is not true. No. You are you. Yeah. You are your body. You can pleasure yourself without any visual right. stimulant at right. all. Cause because your body is the vessel good. to pleasure. Exactly. And so he opened my eyes to that and he was like, you should really try to not always use porn mm-hmm. or not always mm-hmm. look at something mm-hmm. or like even purposely think about mm-hmm. pleasure but actually just feel mm-hmm. your own be within yourself while like pleasuring mm-hmm. yourself and i was like Whoa. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah because like and it's crazy how that's such mm-hmm. a like a far-fetched concept mm-hmm. to like if you're going to self-pleasure don't use porn or something like that because of how um reliant we become upon like upon porn for mm-hmm. self-pleasure yeah what's funny though is because when i was a kid young teenager you know starting to get boners and like hit it on something not hit it on something but like mm-hmm. touch it yeah. or feel it there's no porn involved mm-hmm. it was just pure pleasure like i didn't use i didn't watch porn until like probably like freshman year of high school maybe mm-hmm. or something like that and even then i didn't even really watch porn mm-hmm. it was just like my body you know mm-hmm. what i mean it was like whoa you know and so it was just very yeah it, we do we get reliant upon porn you know and mm-hmm. i used to every single night would watch porn masturbate before i went to bed you know mm-hmm. and now i think 
there's two reasons why I would like watch porn. When I get like super stressed, I immediately turn to a vice, mm -hmm. whether it be like tobacco. I start drinking mad coffee again. I start fucking uh, ripping video games, food. I turn to a vice and sometimes it is porn and masturbation. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so it's interesting. And then the other side of that is like, I just want to, you know, so it's, I forget where my thought process <laughs> was okay. going. Um, but yeah, porn's weird. Dude. It is. And I didn't start watching porn until I was well into my twenties. Yeah. I didn't. And I, I did kind of get here, uh, shame and guilt. <laughs> and I was like sexuality. But, um, as a young teen, when I started to become sexually active, my learn, I learned from my friends and my friend group and we would all kind of share our experience together. Mm. And they would talk about like some guy eating them out or like, I don't know, like what you giving them head. I don't know. <laughs> and they're like, Oh my God, it's so amazing. And then I would have that happen to me. And I'm like, I did not have that experience. Like mm -hmm. something must be wrong with me. Like mm -hmm. I didn't like it at all, but I don't know. It, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sex, yeah. guilt, shame, and sex, <laughs> guilt, shame, and sexuality, yeah. which is funny. Well, not funny, but I can't believe that's not where what? I expected when I asked oh, yeah. you about guilt, shame, what are your thoughts that it would go to sexuality. Yeah. It's not where mine is like, uh, not that mine is like, uh, childhood stuff, mm. you know, yeah. guilt and shame no. around like, um, we'll switch gears. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, thanks. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Thank you for that. That was yeah. eye opening. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so when I hear, like, think about guilt and shame, I immediately feel, um, oh, no, I'm not enough. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, if someone was like, yeah, like, dude, I felt so guilty, something goes, like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, I get weird, you know? Uh, and so, I don't know. I'll just talk about my relationship to guilt and shame right now, mm -hmm. um, which is... I've, I've come to realize how much it influences a lot of my daily decisions. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about it like last night we laid down and we were talking and, um, I brought it up. I was like, I want to talk about this tomorrow mm -hmm. and just share like how I feel about it. Like, cause my thought process is like this, right? Like, and I'm moving stuff. Oh, no, like, no, I'm moving stuff because I want to do something with my hands. So, uh, something occurs in my life and typically the first filter it goes through is like a guilt and shame filter like especially if i feel good about something like am i like am i it do i feel guilty about this happening or? no i i immediately oh, feel guilty. Really? like someone could give me a compliment mm -hmm. and i feel immediate guilt and shame about really? something and i try to downplay whatever characteristic they're giving me a comment about because a compliment about because i can't handle it mm -hmm. it feels like undeserving yeah it feels super undeserving and so mm -hmm. i immediately try to turn and give it back like i'm not great at accepting compliments mm -hmm. and like sometimes i'm like oh yeah like you know i try to play it off smooth like yeah of course i got yeah thanks i you know i know you know <laughs> and I, I probably come off like an asshole right. but that is just like typically just a defense mechanism to because i'm so squirmy in that moment i don't know how else to just accept a compliment mm -hmm. so typically like so something happens um guilt and shame fire off uh, and then if there is, uh, so an action happens, guilt, shame. And if there is a necessary reaction, I start to, like, if I have to make a choice within that reaction, I'm like, okay, intrusively, it's like, what are people going to think about if I make this choice or that choice? Mm -hmm. 
you know? And so now I'm like so far away from who I am at my core because <clears throat> beyond underneath somewhere, the guilt and shame, there is just me. You know what I mean? There's just a human. And so like that part of me is like somewhere over here and then it goes through the guilt and the shame. And then it's like, if I didn't make a choice, I'm like, Oh fuck. And like, I'm trying to think I'm weighing out my options. And then all of a sudden, yeah, like intrusively, it would be like, Ooh, what are people going to think if I, what are people going to think if I, you know what I mean? And, that's, and then I have to stop and be like, what? Yeah. who the fuck cares? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, so it just feels like my relationship to it right now is like, because of a lot of the guilt and shame for stuff that, I think one has happened to me in the past two that I have done in the past. And then it goes through these filters. And so I associate guilt and shame with other people and what they think of me, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I'll feel guilty or shameful if I'm going to do something and I'm, someone's going to think that about mm-hmm. me. Like I make myself feel, can you give me an example? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, oh, I can't give that example. Um, let's talk about if I want to ask for a raise at work, mm-hmm. would be like you know, I have to mm-hmm. run it okay. through these filters of. Is this person going to? When think I'm that confident I'm... about something, yeah. I knock myself down via guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, if I believe I deserve yeah. a raise and I'm, I'm going in, go I'm at, asking. Yep. Yeah, and then it's like, well, but you know, do you, yeah. do you do, do you a good it? enough job? Yeah. Because you didn't do this last week and you might have, could have do. And then like, so instead of being confident and going, and I understand that it is great to be self-aware and realistic mm-hmm. with like your work ethic and mm-hmm. being deserving of a raise and remaining humble. Like I, I do, that is an important part of being an employee. But when I wholeheartedly do believe that I deserve a raise and there is nine pages of prior work to say so, you know, I will knock myself down Mm -hmm. like ruthlessly and guilt and shame. So then I'm like feeling before I even go have the conversation and then I'll have the conversation or Mm -hmm. try to make up. The whole dialogue plays in your head. Exactly. And then I'm thinking about what this person's reaction is going to be. Mm -hmm. So it's like. I immediately went from like, okay, I'm going to be confident to hold on a sec. We haven't run it through the fucking coffee filter that is guilt and shame. And then it comes through that filter and it's like, okay, that sucked. I still want to ask, but now I feel horrible about Mm -hmm. even wanting to ask. And then now let's run it through this other filter of possible scenarios that this person and how they can react and how like what they're going to think about me asking. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so... I'm not doing a great job as much as I, uh, you and I talked about it last night, but mm-hmm. I feel like my authentic or like who I am as a person sometime, and you use the word ostracized, but ostracized, like I, I'm cast aside mm-hmm. and I do this to myself because mm-hmm. I need to go to fucking therapy. <laughs> um, but I put myself like who I am, my best parts over on an island and just leave them over there and then take everything else that I don't enjoy with me to my day-to-day life Mm -hmm. guilt shame my i don't know where it came from Mm -hmm. or why i've begun to care and i do remember when it happened Mm -hmm. like 12 13 years old something like went off in my head where i wanted to be so cool i would do anything to be cool i wanted your self-worth seems to just went and 
no, I don't want to go there. But okay. so self worth just fucking took a nosedive. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a confident young kid, mm-hmm. and then yeah, somewhere around twelve or thirteen, I just like felt that leave, mm-hmm. and immediately started to need validation. And that validation, I I would I would seek out through attention, good, bad, and then you lose who you are because you've cast yourself away over on this island, and you're operating on all these systems that are relying upon other people's thoughts opinions feelings and like you're where does like, that leave me where the fuck am i who the fuck am i and i went through like a, a part of a major identity crisis from like 12 and 13 and probably to i'm 29 28 <laughs> <laughs> like, and even still i wouldn't call it a crisis anymore but probably 12 13 to 22 mm-hmm. Part of the main reason why I did so many fucking drugs and drank and had so much sex and stole from people and caused chaos was because I lost touch of who I am, you know? And then we're getting off topic, but all of it has to do with this guilt and shame. So when I think about guilt and shame (laughs) right now, I'm like, it's a major part of my operating system and thought process upon making decisions. Mm -hmm. And I wish that it wasn't, but I think, um, outside of us how long we've been ripping here wow oh man um we're going through the break today folks (laughs) we'll stop there i think we can pick that back up uh, because i I would like to talk about guilt and shame as a collective Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but i think we we can leave that alone for now you cool with that Mm -hmm. break you want to take a break yeah okay um today's sponsors the chickens the chickens we don't have chickens anymore guys they're gone Gave them to a loving home. Mm-hmm. Bobby, sweetheart <laughs> of a man. Yeah. Yeah. And we, they uh, are so happy. Yeah, they are. And they live are. in their best life. Walk in the park seat. Let's do it. What are we thinking? Um, walk in the park seat is when... Uh, I feel like we explain it every week. Yeah, but we always should. Okay. Walk in the park seat. You want me to do it? Yeah. Walk in the park seat is uh, our buddy uh, Parksy from back home. He sends us questions, thoughts, concerns. Uh, we came up with a cool name, Walk in the Park seat, because it's like we're walking through his brain. And this week, Parksy, uh, I wonder if he would care. No, he probably wouldn't. But he's a dad. He's been a dad. He, he became a father, like, young. Um, and so he asked about children. He said... Do you want kids or do you want to be parents? If so, why? If not, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want kids? Yeah. Some days. <laughs> yeah. Most days. Yeah. But um, some days, no. Mm-hmm. You know? But I wanted to... Uh, uh, so what is it? Why do you want to be a parent? Why do you want to be a parent? Yeah. I don't know if this is a great like what reason. Makes you, what makes it so, um, so intriguing to be a dad? Um... Like, what are you most excited for? There's a, f- there's a few reasons. I think right now the largest reason is to care and love for something else mm-hmm. and not always what is happening, mm-hmm. like, within my life. You know, mm-hmm. like, and I mean that we're in a partnership, right? We're in a relationship and we love each other very much and we do in a sense live for each other you know but not as much as what would be a child mm. because in the back of my head you're i'm like okay she's an adult genesis mm. an yeah adult. like she can take care of herself i'm not gonna I feel responsible and i hope 
the same yeah. back to me. Always feel responsible for every feeling that you feel or every feeling that I feel or, or that. But like a child is 24-7 Dependent on challenging you. your, um, like, I mean, it's tough to speak on because I don't have a child. But I, I was talking to my buddy Liam the other day and he was like, you go from having time to yourself to do anything you want to very little of that very fast. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited for that challenge of, I think it's just going to make me grow as a, as a human and as a man, mm-hmm. you know, like being accountable uh, with my word, you know, cause like what we were talking about the other night was like, sometimes I'm just like, I'll just have ideas and I'll throw them out. And Janessa is a steel trap. And so she's like, okay, he said this, mm-hmm. This is what we're going to go do. Like if he tells me, oh, I want to build a house behind our house. And I'm yeah. thinking like, okay, we're going to get all these materials. <laughs> we're going to get a blueprint going. Yeah. It's going to be okay. In about mm-hmm. a year or so, it'll be built. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then, the next, and then I'll like, I'll revisit that thought. Like, okay, when did you want to yeah. start building like, the house? Yeah, and he's like, ah, yeah. and I'm like, what the? F-? Yeah. So I'm like, uh, uh, like, so say on Tuesday, I'm having like a really good day. And I'm, this I, is something I think I need to work on. It's about being impeccable with my word. But mm-hmm. so on a Tuesday, if I'm feeling really good and I'm like, hey, we're going to go fucking do this, this and that Saturday and this and that. And then work kicks my dick in Thursday, Friday, and we wake up Saturday. Janessa's ready to go. Yeah, ready Janessa's to go out the caffeinated. door. She's caffeinated. She showered. packed our bag. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? You know I mean? I'm like, you said. Well, we're, we're going to go do this. And like, I think... Actually, now that I think of this, sometimes when we have our arguments mm-hmm. or our, our little tiffs arguments in like, it typically happens in the morning mm-hmm. surrounding something like that, mm-hmm. you know, like you're a steel trap. If it's said it's a hundred percent go time and I'm a talker and like, I'll throw things out and then I like to revisit before we actually go mm-hmm. and make a choice. Whereas mm-hmm. you hear it, make a choice. We're going. Mm-hmm. And I think through that, I've been trying to be better with my word, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So nice. how does that tie into uh, being a dad? Um, that'll challenge. I mean, you can't tell a kid, yeah. <laughs> hey, we're going to fucking Disneyland. Do this. Yeah, we're going to go fishing on, and then like have a long week for myself. Mm-hmm. And then this kid is so excited. And it's like, oh, fuck. Because like, kids yeah. are like, well, you said, yeah. <laughs> dad. dad, you said we get chicken nuggets today. Yeah, you know I mean, and I'm like, bro, fuck your nuggets. Yeah. I can't do that. You know? no. I can't. I can't. So that'll be exciting to to be uh, to feel a little bit more less uh, selfish. Mm. Feel a little bit more mm. like giving myself to to something that like needs me. Yeah, a lot. You mm. know, it is going to be a good feeling. Mm. Purposeful. Um, I think it's going to teach me a lot about me um, as a human and as a man. What mm. that like just it's going to challenge a lot oh, of stuff yeah. and it's going to be uncomfortable it's going to be hard and it's it'll, it'll be fun and then the things that scare me about having children are those same reasons mm-hmm. you know same exact reasons other side of the coin is like no self time um and then fuck oh the biggest thing that scares me the most about being a dad is like the first year of a baby really like i just feel like they're so fragile that's they my a, favorite they have a soft spot on their head <laughs> like i'm gonna be like but they're so quiet so nervous like, to drop easy. them yeah it's just <laughs> once they start so talking annoying. and walking 
I'm most excited. <laughs> okay, good. You'll for... take over. I'll have. I'll take care of the baby the first year. Dude, give me two to eighteen. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. You know, like yeah. that's a little buddy. That's a little. You know, it doesn't matter, girl, boy. I don't mm-hmm. fucking care. Mm-hmm. I actually hope our first child is a daughter. Yeah. Uh, because women are smarter and they need to set the tone for the rest <laughs> of these goddamn children. We have twelve kids, so. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, just. Uh, that's going to be so exciting. You got a little partner to teach stuff to, you know what I mean? And I think it's going to like, my hope is that it pulls the best parts of me out, Mm -hmm. you know, and that I get to give that to this other person, you Mm -hmm. know? So, Wow. What about you? What are you excited I to be a mom? I do want kids. Yeah, I'm very kids? excited to, to have to want kids, to have mm-hmm. kids. Um, recently, I've been in this thought loop where, I, I, I was in this thought loop where I believe that it's selfish to have children. And it's selfish to bring somebody in this world that didn't ask to be in this world. Mm. In the, in the economic crisis that we're in, in this climate that we're facing, Mm -hmm. you know, it could be very selfish to bring somebody into this world and dish all of that to them. Um, and not know what opportunities I can give them. Mm. And then I heard somebody speak about it and how they said that it is literally ingrained in our DNA to want to be a parent and to bring life into this world and mm-hmm. to bring uh, like these, um, you give your your best strands of DNA to your children mm. and your genetics kind of, tell you and curate this child for you to go on and live the life that you can no longer live so i think it's kind of apparent that we are like as a not even on a human level but as a living organism we are meant to procreate Mm. and multiply and kind of um not deal with but navigate the challenges that life brings even if it deals with the you know social economical crisis is that we see every day you know Mm. and i do want to be i do want to be a mom i've always loved nurturing and caring for something that needs me like i i don't know what i need to unpack there but feeling needed and wanted is very important for me Mm. um and watching something grow and raising something is very important to me Mm -hmm. watching things grow is yeah and the and the idea of doing that with the person that I love, my partner, like mm-hmm. that we have experienced life together and then we get to experience another life with somebody that we have both made is just so incredible to be like be able to experience, you know, <laughs> because like we still learn about each other every single day and mm-hmm. we kind of discover new parts about each other. Mm-hmm. But to do that as parents mm-hmm. with a child and then like we're all in this this life of learning and discovering all of each other you yeah. know and they're discovering themselves so much <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like they are like this little passageway mm-hmm. to like youthful discovery mm-hmm. you know which i think definitely play and again we don't have kids but i would assume that plays into like 
a little revive of right. youthful plainness, right. Right. of curiosity, mm. um, imagination. Like those are things that I'm yeah. really excited about. Like if I have a child and they're like, okay, dad, you're a T-Rex. Do you know who's going to win an Oscar for being a T-Rex? <laughs> this guy. You know what I mean? Like, and like as parents, children think that we know everything. Mm -hmm. Like dad, what's that? Mom, yeah. what's that? And you like have to kind of reteach yourself while you're teaching your ch your children yeah. the things and the ways about life. Yeah. And kind of seeing it through their lives. Why is a bird in an egg, Dad? <laughs> like, what the fuck? What? Same <laughs> fucking animal planet. <laughs> no, I'm excited. Yeah. It'll be cool. Um, With well, that I, being I said, I no, I'm just <laughs> no. I hope. Uh, I hope they're good kids. You know. Yeah. I get nervous. I got a lot of uh, <laughs> cranium stuff. You know, like I got the. I, <laughs> addiction what? side of like oh yeah I, through my family is long um i think probably some some mental health stuff too so for sure i hope that getting sober and like working on the things that i've been working on like helps break that cycle mm -hmm. i think that that would be nice that'd be nice to see um because that'd be tough mm -hmm. that'd be tough except listen you know i am well equipped for many different types of crisis so Hey. So yeah, kids would be dope. But there's also parts sometimes where I'm like, fuck. Like, I have trouble uh, imagining being able to go after my own mm -hmm. goals and dreams mm -hmm. with a child. Mm. That sometimes scares me. I'm like, there'd be some days, and you and I talked about this the other day, like, we should, like let's just do it right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then we're like, okay. But then there's other days where it's like, I need five more years. I need five to six more years yeah. of straight and up And some days, time. honestly, it's like, I don't want children at all. Yeah. I don't yeah. even, don't talk to me about it. Yeah. <laughs> and the next day I'm like, mm. Do you remember when I was working with kids? <laughs> yeah. I was like, don't even fucking talk to <laughs> me about on kids. Me. <laughs> like, I was just like, so deep. There's so many kids and like all of them were, not all of them, a lot of them were hurting. There's a lot of bad parents mm -hmm. that I was like involved with and working with. And I was just like, I say bad parents, not like they're bad parents, but they're morally bankrupt people, mm -hmm. you know? And it's not like, oh, they're doing as best as they can situation. It's like, no, they're not. They're not trying to do anything. They're choosing uh, drugs and to beat their children. You know what I mean? And to lock them into rooms and mm. stuff. Like, I'm not, mm. hope that doesn't come morally off. Morally like, bankrupt. Morally like bankrupt that. people. Yeah, exactly. And so I was like, fuck. You know, like, uh, I just couldn't even imagine having children at that time. But since I've left that job and, and working my job now, I'm like, yeah. Like, dude, imagine going fishing with a kid, going out into the woods with a kid, and they see a mushroom for the first time. <gasps> What's that? You know, that's going to be exciting. Yeah. But I need about eight years, nine years. Yeah. How about What tomorrow? else are we going to list? Struggle bus. Struggle bus, dude. I'm going to keep the struggle bus brief because we typically... Yeah, we are way... We like to keep it less than 60 minutes by a few minutes. We are at... Uh, 101 minutes right now. I mean, <laughs> we're an hour and two minutes. So my struggle bus, um, uh, are very similar to all of them is consistency. And when I take my foot off the gas of certain things, old habits start to pop up. I will give myself credit that I feel like I'm getting better at when old habits pop up. I catch it sooner and I don't 
catch it, ignore it, catch it, ignore it, catch it, ignore it, and let it go for two, three months and then deal with damage. I feel like, like if I start to eat poorly, I'm like, fuck quick. You know what I mean? Or if I'm staying up too late, I do a little bit better mm-hmm. in that regard. Uh, the gratitude piece in that is I'm alive. Thank you. Your turn. Struggle bus. <laughs> yes, my struggle bus is anxiety. That's where mm-hmm. I'm on the bus for. Um, I feel that I am self-induced anxiety lately. Like at night, I'll choose something to get anxious about and kind of spin out over. Mm-hmm. I think with um, a lot of foresight and kind of high expectations for the future I've allowed my anxiety to get a little bit worse um, just because it's kind of overwhelming to think about what life has to offer within the next year Mm -hmm. and then the gratitude in that is just being able to go to therapy for free Mm -hmm. and know that there are options that will help me Mm -hmm. Uh, also I just want to say that just for you and for me and for other humans uh having anxiety is natural Mm -hmm. and like everybody has it and there are natural parts of life that give you anxiety you know it's i feel like everyone's like oh i'm so much anxiety i'm so fucking anxious you know i just got this no matter what you're doing and no matter typically when there's changes in life there are natural healthy anxieties to have you're alive Mm -hmm. you're going to be nervous you're going to go into the unknown um and there's just like, I think I didn't know that for a long time. Mm. I thought, what the fuck is this feeling? Make it go away, you know? But if you if you kind of take the anxiety and fight the fear of it, mm. you like challenge it, that, that's where cool shit happens. So mm. I would just say, everybody, ha- a lot of people have anxiety mm. and a lot of it can be very, very natural, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a wrap. I got to go grocery shopping. It's Sunday. We got to do some stuff. We got to. I got to build an arch, or we have to build an arch for a wedding uh, that we're going to at the end of the week, and then do some grocery shopping. You're gonna go see the bride. Cool. Nice. Boom. That's all, folks. Thank you. We out.